0: So let's start with a simple question, yes or no. We just spent an hour on the Cavs. Cavs are considered you considering the Cavs a winner in free agency? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, Okay, so when we talk about the winners and losers, the Cavs are in the winners column. We're going to focus on some other teams around the league because we just spent 62 minutes talking about the Cavs. Cavs, big winners. G, you mentioned, and I'm going to guess what team you mentioned earlier, and Jason, please explain to me how they're able to make these moves, but... Are you talking about the one Los Angeles Lakers? See,
1: the Los Angeles Lakers just got the LeBron James stimulus package, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like they got a package. I know there's a Supreme Court just struck down a bunch of stuff, but they also secretly signed the fact that they got double the money everybody else does. How are you? I, I was just like, so they got Hachimura, they still kept Vanderbilt. So
0: so ben, I was wrong last week Vanderbilt wasn't a free agent. He was under contract so he okay. was, and that was I said that wrong last week my bad when They re-signed Reeves. They got Gabe Vincent Hachimura. They re-signed D'Angelo Russell. They signed Torian Prince. They signed Jackson Hayes and they signed Cam Reddish and somehow they're not a billion yeah, dollars
1: over the this. I was like maybe we could get camera and then I'm like Cam Reddish went to LA. I'm thinking it's the Clippers. No. And then Jackson Hayes went for like Minamowski bucks. Yep, they got him for for for, for a sports bra and some cracker jacks. (laughs) That's crazy, free money. And I'm like, Jackson Hayes is a is an athletic big. He just was a first round pick a couple years ago. Lottery, lottery. And I'm like, wow, this dude like that's a really athletic. They they got a nice roster. I don't understand how how they do that, bro. How
2: witchcraft. You know what, Rob Palenka, I think, has had a, he had a really good trade deadline, and they've had a really good summer because I didn't like a lot of the moves that they made necessarily before that, but I don't know if he's sort of figuring out and getting his footing a little bit more in the role that he's in. Uh, they And it's funny because the so many LeBron teams were top-heavy, star-laden rosters, right, throughout Miami, here in Cleveland. Star, star I had people tell me with the Cavs, he's a talent whore. LeBron's a talent whore. If he just wants the top talent available. And this doesn't feel like, I mean, they got AD and, and LeBron, obviously. But beyond that, it doesn't feel like a, a top-heavy, star-driven roster. It feels like there's more depth and a lot of really good pieces on this team.
0: It's well-balanced. And like, Austin Reeves, they were talking. He's great. He only got 56 million. And I'm surprised the team he did didn't more. give him the poison pill and make the Lakers sign him to that max. Yeah. Up to, I think it was 92 million was what it could have been. Torian Prince just feels like a playoff guy, 3 and D guy who got bought out of Minnesota because they didn't want to pay the luxury tax. We see the new CBA coming into effect. Gabe Vincent was phenomenal in the NBA finals. Yeah. Like, and now he just lands in uh, L.A. for three years, 30, I think it's 33 or 31 million, whatever it is. It seems like they hit a home run. I hate to cross sports references, but it feels like they knocked it out of the park. Yeah. And for H.C., as did the Suns. You now, we laughed at the Bradley Beal trade and, hey, the salary cap doesn't matter. Matt Ishbia, their owner, F it, money's not real. But oh, the, it will become real. It will become real, but the reason you kind of make that trade to get assets is because players wanted to play with LeBron. They got a bunch of guys on minimum contracts who would have made more money, who just want a chance to win a ring in Phoenix, mm-hmm. who came. They just got Eric Gordon, mm-hmm. which is a phenomenal. He signed a $2 million deal in Phoenix. He wasn't getting $2 million to go in. That, that dude's a $10 million player. Yeah. They also signed Yuta Wananabe, who's a 3D guy who shot 40% from 3 with the Nets last year. Uh, Kate, uh, Bates Diop. I think he went to Ohio State. They, yep. yep. New Banks. I mean, they, they found a way to fill out their roster in a way I didn't think they'd be able to. I thought they had a really good free agency period, too.
2: The West had a down year last year, and I still think the East is far superior. The East is way stronger and much deeper. But when you look at Denver, Phoenix, and L.A. now at the top, am I missing anyone? Those would be my top three teams, right? Am I missing? Unless you
0: want to put Golden State in there based off reputation, but I don't think they're in the I don't think that category. they're
2: in that category anymore. Either, yeah. I, I think it's those three and then. I mean, maybe Golden State fourth. Uh, obviously, the Chris Paul move is interesting for them, but I, I think those are the the top three teams now in the
1: West. Yeah, uh, listen, I'm gonna tell you who else took a, took a terrible L. Wait, yeah, any more? I got one more winner. You got you, go you, you want you want another winner? Yeah, give me a winner because I got um, one more winner. I I like what what's name did I like what um, I like what um, I just, just lost my mind. I can't help you on that. who's I, your that, winner. The, listen, I like I, the
0: Pacers. I, I know they overpaid for Bruce Brown a little bit, I mean, I forgot but. What I had. Bruce Brown's the kind of guy that fits in any team. And him, with Halliburton, they got Obi Toppin for essentially nothing. Two second-round picks. They traded for Chris Duarte, who I really liked coming out of college. A guy in Oregon who was a high-volume, high-efficiency scorer who kind of fits into this rotation. Now, I I think they had a really good offseason, and they had to extend Halliburton. Rookie max, got a lot of money. But these maxes, you see 260 yet. Is he worth 260 right now? No, but as these – TV contracts and Max edges continue to go up. The next year's extensions are going to be more than this year's. and It's just how the process works. He's a really good player. You add him with Bruce Brown now, who's a perfect fit as that complimentary off-ball guard, small wing, can play a little point, can play off. I really like their offseason, too. I put them in the winner category.
1: Hey, listen, I, I will say this. Um, I, I, I forgot about this. I thought these are semi-winners. Okay. I thought uh, I thought Dallas did okay Yep. because – they kept the band together. If, they kept, if you lose Kyrie Irving, it's a wrap. I think if you if they would have lost Kyrie Irving for nothing and came out there with Luka, I think Luka's definitely leaving Dallas. Oh, 100%. I think they're... And this is another one that I think, in a weird way, is a win. People got the Portland Trail Blazers as losers for getting rid of Dame. At the end of the day, I think that's a win. Well, they haven't gotten rid of him yet. Well, hold on.
0: They're losers because they signed Jeremy Grant to a $160 million contract. I don't know why they did keep that. Dame, well, they did it to keep Dame helping. Keep... Dane w- happy and the next day Dane comes back and says, I, I, yeah. yeah, I want to go. So now you're stuck with the worst contract in basketball. And now so for that reason, they're a loser. But, but, what but, you say,
1: but so. here's the thing. Now, I think they're a winner because they got seven, eight teams not interested. It was so suppo- This was supposed to be clean and done in a hurry. Like if you're the Miami Heat, you saw it. You like this was supposed to be done 24 hours ago. Now you got teams like the Clippers that's in it. You got teams like the Celtics that's showing up. You got a bunch of teams that are like, whoa, oh, oh, whoa, oh, oh, whoa. Oh. whoa, If I know you want to do right by Dame, but if you want this massive haul that we can give you, it's going to be tough to turn that down.
0: Do you have any issue with the Blazers GM coming out saying, hey, I know Dame wants to go to Miami, but that's not the best package we get back. We're going to you, go and get the best package we can find. You have to do it's ew. in the best interest of your
2: organization. Yeah. So no, I, it's it's tough when a guy has given you as much as Dame has it, it always sort of ends ugly, you know, in, in situations like this. A lot, we saw it with Kevin here in Cleveland. It's sometimes it just ends ugly. But, you know, if you're the GM, you're fighting for your job, and you got to do what's in the best interest of the organization. And, and Miami just doesn't have the assets. I think they can get more for Dame elsewhere.
0: I have no issue with it. As you said, the GM has a job to do. Yeah. And Dame, top 75 player of all time. He was named to the list two years ago. One of, if not the best player in, in Portland history. Took them to a Western Conference Finals. They never got past the Western Conference Finals, but led him to some serious playoff success. If a team out there that's not on his list is willing to offer twice as much what Miami's paying, you go get the bag. Yeah, we man. can't be mad at any player. We can't be mad at Bruce Brown saying, well, you just won in Denver, but they can only offer you $10 million, and Indiana's going to offer you 22 and a half. Go get your <coughs> bag. It's the same thing from the GM perspective. He has no necessary loyalty to Dame Lillard to trade him to Miami for a lesser package when he has to be the one who's staying in Portland, trying to rebuild you have to ex- it afterwards.
2: You have to explain to ownership why you're making this deal and why you're taking less from Miami yeah. than you could get elsewhere.
1: And I like the guy don't really work out too much. Like that don't work out the sweetest position. That ain't it. Like I get that he want to go to Miami, but the reality is that's why I got them as winners. In the NBA, it seemed like almost, you don't know what the market value is until you put them out there really and then you get people coming out the woodworks, like, "Oh, oh well, listen, well, we got something for you if you want to look."
0: Woj came on ESPN, I think, two nights ago, and said something fat. I hadn't thought of it like this. With the new CBA, he he didn't call it the player empowerment movement. He called it the race to sign an extension, get the bag, and then you could figure out where. I you're just going had a
2: conversation now. this morning about this. Go ahead. Is
0: there anything you can share about? Yeah, yeah. But yeah. go ahead. Finish your thought. Well, it, it's just fascinating now that it's. Teams are stuck, and the Celtics haven't signed Jalen Brown to an extension yet. Jalen Brown has a chance to be the highest-paid player in the NBA when he signs his extension. He has yet to sign this extension yet. And it's a little curious that now Bain, LaMelo Ball, Tyrese Halliburton, Sabonis have all signed their extensions, but Jalen Brown hasn't. And I'm not quite sure what to make of that, but it seems like in today's situation in the NBA where players can say, I want to be traded with four years left on my contract, all they want to do is sign that Max deal.
1: Because they know it's guaranteed. Because they know they
0: can get to wherever they want to go after that. They anyway. just have to get their right. signature on the paper and the ink to dry, and then they'll figure out everything after.
2: We saw a Donovan Yeah. in Utah. Signed the deal. What was it, a year later he was moved? And we're seeing it more and more. And I just had a conversation today about this, about how the new free agency is trades. And you better be right on the guys that you go and get. And obviously the Cavs went all in on Donovan. But Max cap space, John Hollinger wrote a terrific piece, I thought, on The Athletic over the weekend that really kind of pulled the curtain back on Max space isn't worth what it used to be. And you can go back just a few years ago when they had like seven all-stars change teams through free agency, Kawhi and Kevin Durant and all these guys. It wasn't that long ago, but Detroit had Max space, and they got Joe Harris for it and, <laughs> and a second-round yeah. pick. Like, Max, so Houston spent it on Fred Van Vliet. So you're not getting the the superstar level player that you were just a couple of years ago. You're going to have to go the trade route now because the money is so big for these guys to sign the deals, the Halliburtons, to sign the deals with their current teams. It's so much financial incentive to do that. And then a year later ask out and, and, and that's how that's going to be the new free agency, but you get one shot at it much like with free agent contracts. Like usually you got every once in a while, you can get two max slots, but for the most part, you get one shot at it while with trades You got one shot at it, and the Cavs identified Donovan as that guy, and they gave their whole future drafts to Utah. And you're going to see that more and more. Somebody's going to do it with Dame now, more than likely. It could be that way with Giannis coming up in a couple years. I keep hearing like this is coming, Luca. Yeah. So these guys are going to sign these mega deals, but then a year or two later, they're on the move.
0: It's just a weird dynamic and change from how it's been in the past, and I don't know. this situation helps teams more if it helps players more. But if you think that any superstar is going to spend in, just because he signs an extension, that means we got Halliburton for six years right. in, in Indiana now, or Desmond Bain is a lot to be a Grizzly. And those are just two examples. Just, right. use any.
2: It's, <laughs> it's good for small market teams, I think. Number one, it, it, it's wor- like you, you get an extra year or two with these guys, whatever it is but then you're also recouping assets for them that you normally wouldn't be able to get like That's a good point. when lebron leaves in 2010 you know the cavs manufacture a sign and trade but they didn't really get a whole lot for him a lot of times if your marquee player leaves in free agency you're not getting anything for them. Mm-hmm. at least now you're getting assets back for them so and and but then like i said you get one shot at it because it takes so many assets to get these guys look at what phoenix gave up to get yeah. kevin durant uh, you get you get one crack at it, and you better be right on the guy that you pick.
0: And on the flip side, having max cap space means nothing anymore. Right. The Rockets had max cap space, it and they, they signed Fred VanVleet, and they gave Dylan Brooks eighty million dollars, <coughs> yeah. eighty yeah. mil for Dylan Brooks, a guy who we said we talked about. I don't think anyone actually. Well, no, you kind of wanted him here, didn't you? I'll take him. But for 20 million a year, I think that is a gross overpay. But guess what? Because the new CBA, they had to spend that money and they gave Fred Van Vliet more money than Kyrie Irving. It's it's all it's years. Crazy. So think about it like that.
1: People will always game the system. If you if you set a goal and you say if you want this amount, you got to hit X B a B or C. There will be people that hit that if you change the mark the next year, they'll figure out a way to make hit that goal like people will maneuver and find a way to like squeeze their way out. And then, like you said, people are leaving now. They just need to get that money. As long as like, like, I thought it was fascinating that James Harden was smart. He, he kind of Daryl Morey was like, hey, we'll get you out of here. And James Harmon Harden is smart enough to understand that like Daryl Morey have you sitting around here chilling. He's like, well, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to opt in because I'm not going to see all the money dry up out there in the open open ocean. I'm assigned for this 35 give me that 35. I guarantee at worst get the 35 and you figure out what you want to do with me however long it takes to get there. Yeah, I'm just going to play the fifth on that situation. Uh, I have nothing good to say about James Harden. Let's <laughs> talk
0: about Guardians now, Anthony. As we pivot, do we have a read first or should we just get right yeah, into it? Yeah, before
3: you guys get to Guardians, I want to remind everybody that you can see your favorite golf legends play in the Colleague's Companies Championship July 12th through July 16th at the famous Firestone Country Club. Fun, family-friendly events all week long featuring a new friend zone experience, free attendance for kids, and concerts every single night. There's something for everyone. You can learn more at ColleagueGolf.com. I'll be down there next Tuesday.
0: Earl and Jay will be down there next Wednesday. So make sure y'all, if you guys are around, come... Say what's up. Come hang out with us. We'll be down there for, uh, for the show. a so, little Guardians guys. They are still one game under five hundred. They are tied for first place in the AL Central. They just took two of three from the Chicago Cubs. And one of the, I'll say ugly, weird, confusing wins we've seen in a long time. They were up 6-2. They're up 6 nothing. Then 6-2 in the ninth. Classe, hours after being named an All-Star, has a uh, unique way of blowing the save. A couple infield singles. Josh Naylor plays the role of the, I can't make a play at first place to playing hey. a hero. And they start a big series, with the Braves tonight. But Let's start last night in the game. Gee, were you surprised Man. at the guardians resilience? I mean, I know they blew the lead, but they came right back in the next inning and took the win.
1: Um, I mean, the Cubs aren't very good. No, they're not. Uh, first of all, this was not, this was not the 2016 uh, Indians versus the Cubs move. I will say this. I was surprised that, uh, you know, they showed a little resilience coming back, but here's the thing that gets me, and I looked at, that has to scare you. If you're looking at Naylor at first base, oh my man, boy, listen, listen, these are routine plays. I have not seen somebody boot balls like that, back to back, like you could, I'm looking at it like, dang, bro, they in his head now at this point, especially when they started flood, the floodgates came back obviously he did he did get some redemption by coming up with you know basically the game when he hit he's his stick is there um but if you go into the postseason if you're moving around you can't have too much faith in him uh, at first base as a matter of fact it sucks because I would prefer to have him as the DH um but then that means I have to play Bell at first place base and I'm not getting much better at gloves glove work over there with him and his stick is you know where so up is you know what? Yeah, it's just that—that's a conundrum in in, in 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 itself. But when I look at the Guardians, once again, it's gonna be like this the rest of the year. I think people—people people that's waiting for them to jump off to this this ten, twelve—you know—lead or on or, or no, it's not gonna happen. Like when you when you can't consistently get enough runs, you you get good pitching performances. You can't get runs, then you know the pitching performance is down. You can't come back. I think this is who the Guardians are this year. They're just a team that that's inconsistent. Um, and they, they'll make it to, to the postseason. I don't know how far they'll go, um, you know, past the first round. Uh, but, yeah, they're just not – they're not a contender at this point.
2: My first thought really had nothing to do with Naylor. Guys make errors. We know he's not a gold glove defender, whatever. The all-star break can't come soon enough for Emmanuel Clase, and I'm a little concerned about his workload Leads the league, tied for the league lead in appearances. I hope they don't use him. I hope he doesn't pitch, frankly, in the All-Star game. I hope that they yeah. shut him down. Go, enjoy yourself, have a great time, take part in the festivities. Don't pitch, man. Like, just take the days off. Rest your arm. It, it's because they're involved in so many one-run games. Well,
0: can I ask you a question, though? Last night wasn't even a save opportunity.
1: No, yeah. He
0: put him in, and I know he, like, Tito has always said, I like to give my closure work. Yeah. We're going to a big series. I don't want him to be rusty, but he's pitched so much this season yeah. I, I don't understand it's it. fair to
2: question that yeah. it's fair to question it uh, 41 appearances like what's that put him on pace for like a, 85 86. Yeah, it's it's crazy how many games he's been in so I just worry about workload um, and I hope like I said I hope when we get the all-star break he needs the rest I hope he doesn't pitch
0: I like the resiliency from the team because this go- and we were on the show last Friday last Thursday. When they lost the game after Jose stole home. Mm-hmm. And then Classe, did Classe blow in the, in the 10th? Yeah, because Stefan blew it earlier. Yeah, so yeah, so they, they came back. Jose steals home, and you think, hey, this, this be is be like, This is the moment. This is the turning point. Yep. And then they blow it. And it's just, it's deflating. So last night to have a situation where, you know, Classe walks the first batter. He gives up two real singles and two infield singles. That's how they scored their four mm-hmm. runs, essentially. It wasn't like he was, no extra base hits. He didn't give up a, a three-run home run. It was a two hard hit singles, but it wasn't like he got absolutely mad. Right, and that's just deflating. You know what I mean? It's like it's like little paper cuts. Mm-hmm. But then to come back and immediately after I have a guy like Josh Naylor, who I saw he's up to three ten now, which is shocking to me. Like he's been so he's been good terrific. offensively. He's been the best offensive first baseman in the American League this year, hands down. Barton, I don't care what any of the advanced metrics say. No one's been better with the stick in his hand than Josh Naylor offensively this year. So to see him come back and immediately. Not in the 13th, not the 14th. Hey, next at bat, let's pick up Class A. I love to see that from this team, but I've learned my lesson the hard way that I am not getting all in on the Guardians bandwagon until this team is five, six, seven, eight games over 500. Because as soon as we do, they're going to go out. They're playing the Braves the next three games. Braves are red hot. Yep. And uh, hopefully it goes well. I'm taking the production team out there on Wednesday for a little show of appreciation. But uh, So, please win on Wednesday, Guardians. Come on, Cal. We need I man,
1: tell me what these tickets look like, too. I want to see what your seats look like, too. But my Hedges jersey is good luck. We'll win. It's fine.
0: Also, Gavin is pitching against the Braves tonight. That's fun. Big, yeah. big start. His first two starts came against Oakland. Now he's Kansas in the majors.
2: City. Now he's in the majors. And this now, is now, the majors now, on, on Legendary. Yeah. This is
0: probably the best lineup in baseball. <laughs> he went
2: from AAA to 4A. Now he's in the majors tonight.
0: I am excited to see how he prefers. The Braves. I don't know if you guys saw the stat and now we're in July but in June at least on the 29th I'm not sure it finished this way the Braves had more home runs in the month than the Guardians had all season and they had just finished the month with a team batting average over 360 home runs in a month,
2: our buddy Tom Hamilton was talking about that on the broadcast 60 yesterday. What? I think 60 it was. home runs in the month, but they yeah.
0: had 59 going to the last day. So I'm gonna. I don't Stop, know if they man. hit. Don't quote me on that. Just shut up. But Just yeah, they they had one of the best offensive months in the history of baseball. Crazy. And now we're gonna see if Gavin Williams, the Guardians' top pitching prospect, can shut him down. He looked phenomenal in his last start. I love it. I yeah.
2: want. I want to see it. I want to see him against the top. It's teams. a pl- I
0: think tonight's game might be the first appointment television. Guardians game. We've had in a long time, yeah. at least this
1: season. Yeah, I think
0: outside of a guy's debut. I mean, when Bobby debuted, sure. when like did, actually like just a, a regular a game, good game, this is appointment television.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. They haven't there hasn't been no like crazy over the top. No, no, you're, you're right. It might be. And I th- what do you think? How do you think he, fa- he fares?
2: Uh, I, I don't think he's going to strike out 12. I don't think he's going to get destroyed. You know five six innings three four runs
0: they would take that in a heartbeat yeah that puts them in the game yeah and who's pitching who's pitching again for the braves i looked this up earlier
2: uh i don't know i didn't look at the i didn't look at the
0: matchup today's matchup is gavin williams against bryce elder who's six and one with a 2.4 era this year 96 innings pitched dang
2: braves are loaded they're they're loaded should be uh one of the world series contenders this year
0: so They're 56 me, and
3: 27. Mike, are you taking us to a loss? Is that what you're telling me? I trust my guy, uh, Cal
1: Quantrill. you know? Um, there's there's people out there that are still, still salty. The, the Guardians had to change their names. Braves was like, nope, we so, good. <laughs> so Matt Olson <laughs> we leads keep that. the National League at home runs at 28.
0: How many of the guards have a team this year? Uh, 59 a, now, 60?
2: I thought they were.
0: They break 60? I don't think they broke sixty. He's got fifteen more than Jose, who leads the Guardians.
3: Put it that way.
2: I thought they were like low fifties, high forties, low fifties, but maybe I'm wrong on that.
3: They have fifty-five. Fifty-five. 55. Okay. Yeah. So he's got
0: twenty-eight. So he has half of the Guardians team total by himself. <laughs>
2: that was a guy that they were in on last year, before last season.
0: No, Sean Sean. Mur- they were in on Matt Olson too. Yeah,
2: they were. They were in on Matt Olson. And then Sean. Murray. Prior to last season.
0: Also, Ronald Acuna. Have you guys seen his stats this year?
2: Yeah, but I haven't seen him lately. But he's been
0: three thirty-six with twenty-one home runs and fifty-four RBIs and a one point oh eight e, e, uh, OPS.
2: Yeah, that's pretty good at baseball.
0: Yeah, Earl, that, that, that's who you really wanted to see, right? Acuna, that's your guy. Yeah, that's my boy. That's one of my favorite players. Yeah, we're we're gonna see him. Hopefully, he doesn't do anything against the Guardians on Wednesday or this whole series, honestly. But um, it's gonna be a dogfight. And and Gavin Williams, if we saw, if we get seventy percent of what he pitched against. Was it Kansas City the second start, right? Yeah, Oakland was the first, Kansas City mm-hmm. the second. Mm-hmm. And he was dominant against Kansas City. If we get 70% of that, the Guardians have a chance to win tonight. I think that's all you can ask for going up against the game against an opponent such as Atlanta.
2: Honestly, I just want one. One just win? One, 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 one out of the three.
0: One win, you're saying? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, th- I think that, that that's a good...
1: Just don't, don't get swept. Yeah. At what point... <laughs> the expectations... It's so below par <laughs> well it's not that uh, right. <laughs> it's, it's not like the that
0: the, might be the best team in baseball yeah
2: yeah i just don't you don't, don't want to get swept at home like just um, come out and get one you've got tonight's game sold out by the way they've they've been terrific with attendance like the guardians are i keep meaning to do a piece on that and
0: do you know how much standing room only tickets cost tonight what? i looked I, said, I wanted to go for the standing room in the outfield Seventy bucks.
1: Wow. Seventy bucks. That's
2: pretty good. That's, that's phenomenal.
1: Really yeah. It's like good yeah. for the Guardians, yeah. yeah. But, but I mean, dang, bro, that's a that's. They're decent. usually fifteen for comparison's sake. I mean, uh, do you, can you can you imagine at any point in the next, I want to say, three years, where you could say, the Guardians are loaded.
2: Yeah. In the next three years. Yeah. Oh yeah, for
1: sure. Loaded, man. I haven't heard loaded in the Guardians in a long time. I heard competitive. I well, heard good. But it, they have, we talk about this all the time, but they
0: have all the young guys. It's which of the young guys are going to step up and actually prove they're the future in the infield as opposed to the other guys who are going to naturally get washed out. Then you look at the guys in the outfield, like Chase is it Chase DeLauder. Did I pronounce that right? Yeah. Like, he's with the Lake County captains now. He's actually hit really well his first couple of games Yeah. over in, uh, over in Lake County. They have guys in the pipeline they're excited about. It's just a matter of when those guys get to the the MLB
1: level, will they perform? That's why it's hard to say loaded. (laughs) Like that means. Well, you you, say could
0: you see a scenario? Yeah, I I mean that's that's
1: why it's hard. Like loaded loaded in baseball means, oh, we got established dudes everywhere. Tampa Bay's loaded.
2: They're loaded, and they've they've had some injury concerns and they've taken a, a half a step back, but they're they're still loaded. The Guardians,
0: the Braves
1: are loaded. You look at oh, the
2: Braves are loaded. The Braves are a different level of loaded. You
1: see, you see that's the loaded on But no, but I I'm want just that loaded. A
2: small market team with with very little payroll is that one of the best teams in baseball. Like it, it, can be done. It's hard to sustain it with that same group. The Braves have the, the financial capacity to, to keep that team together
1: I don't year how.
2: year over year over year. But Tampa does not. Like Tampa, you're constantly churning and constantly churning and constantly churning. And that's what Cleveland would be. But well, they have enough young talent here that, yeah, I, I, give me two bats. I want two, I want two corner outfield bats. Pick one of the three dudes you got out there now, that's your center fielder, and, and give me two bats. And I mean, this lineup's going to look a lot different.
0: You talk about being loaded. I'm just using the Braves as an example to get to the loaded that you want to. And I know we have Greg Pruitt, so we'll get to Greg in two seconds. But here's their, here's their lineup from a game last month against the Mets. Lead off with Ronald Acuna. And you have Matt Olson who leads – Akunyinde's batting three <laughs> three thirty six. That's how you, much baseball's but, but yeah, that, yeah. That, that, that. You just you
1: already you got cheating right Matt now. Matt
0: Olson, who leads the league with twenty eight home runs, then you have Austin or leads the National League. Shohei yeah. Otani leads the American League. Then you have Austin Riley, who is one of if not the best third baseman in baseball. Travis Darnaud, one of the best catchers in all of baseball. Eddie Rosario, who I'm not quite familiar with. Eddie he with was here. yes Eddie Rosario. Then you have uh, Albie's. Is it Oscar Albie's? Ozzy yeah. Albie's. Yeah. yeah Ozzie. Good player.
2: It's Darnode as the catcher
0: Darnode Orlando Arcia is the shortstop and Michael Harris last year's rookie of the year in yep. center field like yep. that's just that's a squad. But you yep. said there's, there's no easy answer that lineup. You should
1: have said stop. Listen, if I know the first four people in your lineup, that means you're good. <laughs> That's how you that is how you know that's the G-Bush that marker if, if I know <laughs> the first four people in your lineup and you are not a guardian <laughs> or a a a a double A Lake County captain or whatever the, that means you're loaded your 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 squad is over the top
0: so the game sold out tonight. So you cannot get to progressive field. But the next two games go check them out. The UCSS squad will be there on Wednesday. If you come see us sold
1: out. Come say what's up. Tonight's game is sold out.
0: Oh, That's why hey, i only only is 70 bucks.
1: Hey, 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 shout out to the to the marketing. Listen, all the front. Listen, the
2: VPs,
1: all the ticket people. They got
2: very creative with their ticketing this year. And yes, it, and sir. Off. Yeah. And real quick before we get to Greg to go back to the NBA conversation. Uh, Anthony Edwards, five-year, $260 million max deal. Just happened? Just happened. Yeah. Yeah, so another one of those doesn't mean he's going to be there that whole time. (laughs) But the money (laughs) is so big right now, you can't say no to it.
0: Anthony Edwards, future absolute superstar. He's a dude. Absolute superstar. He's a dude. Speaking of dudes, speaking of superstars, it is time to welcome on Greg Pruitt, former Browns running back to the show. Greg, how you doing? Thanks for joining us today.
4: I'm doing all right. What happened to all that money when I was playing? (laughs) Greg, we had,
2: it. We had a, a, Brad Sellers is in our text chain. I don't know if you, if you know Brad at all, obviously played in the NBA for a long time. And he was really. kind of saying the yeah. same thing of, he's happy that, you know, of course he's disappointed. He still has to work today. And, and that money wasn't there when he played like it is today, but he's thrilled for the younger generation that, uh, that these guys are, are sort of reaping the rewards of the work that you did and that Brad did and sort of paving the way for these guys.
4: Well, it's, it's a rough sport, and uh, when you get my age, you realize how rough it is. You pay, you start to pay for it. So, uh, and, but, you know, it's worth it's worth the risk, you know. I got six grand sons, and uh, we're at that crossroad. I got one that's uh, 16 uh, about to go into college about playing football in the stages of football. But I have to do say that they are making efforts to try to control the game as much as they can in terms of, you know, being more physical than you need to be.
2: You know, it's interesting. I'm, I'm curious, since you, you brought it up, are you comfortable with kids in the family playing football, knowing how you feel today, knowing how your body feels now? Are you still a proponent and supportive of kids playing?
4: Yes, I am. Yes, I, am. I, I, I think that uh, they continue to make efforts to try and uh, make the game as safe as possible. Uh, no leading with your head. I, I mean, the game has changed quite a bit since when I played. I mean, after seeing some of the guys being uh, kicked out of the game, especially in co- college on some some of the questionable calls, uh, I knew a lot of guys wouldn't play a lot of games because that's how they play.
0: Greg, when I was doing some research for this interview, I came across maybe the biggest flex humanly possible, the Greg Pruitt rule. You have a rule named after you banning tearaway jerseys in the NFL. Is there any way to have a bigger flex than have a name, a rule named after you for what you did on the field? Because that seems to be maybe the coolest thing in the history of the entire world.
4: Well, I tell you, I was glad to see the rule, and I was glad to see them ban the jersey. Uh, When you play in a game, I'm in a game, and that's 30 seconds between play teams go out and they do scouting reports and they know pretty much they know pretty much in down in situations most likely when I'm going to get the ball how often based on that information I would get the ball so on some plays that they thought I was going to get the ball guys would actually tear my jersey before the play even started and then it became it should have been unsportsmanlike conduct. <laughs> but it became an attraction to me. So I had to leave the field, change, jersey, be back in the field all within 30 seconds. So I can't tell you how many times they holler it's two, three. I have no idea, you know, what kind of defense I'm confronted with or what kind of adjustments they made. So it it was a, a, a one less thing to worry about for me when they banded. it.
2: How many jerseys did you have off to the side on the sideline?
4: Oh, a lot. I think I think I went <laughs> the most I went through probably was like five jerseys in a game. In a game. That's just part of it. Now we live in Cleveland. We know that it gets cold in Cleveland. Yeah. And so, in order for that jersey to work, we- to work, you couldn't wear anything under it. So that meant I had a short sleeve T-shirt on, and it's like sub zero out there. That wasn't <laughs> that wasn't fun time for me. Oh, my goodness. That's
0: crazy, Greg. We see the pictures flashing on the screen during some of the montages. And, you know, we talked to Leroy Horder about this when he when he comes on the show. He's a, he's a weekly guest during football season. But those big shoulder pads were something else, man. I got to imagine you would have put up an extra, you know, two 3,000 yards if you had normal-sized sh- normal shoulder pads back in your day that were more aerodynamic, not slowing you down, right? Those things are crazy.
4: Well, I think they did the ability to protect us. Uh, you know, my style kind of helped me a lot. I, I, if I could see you, you couldn't hit me the way some guys I saw get hit. Uh, the, the, the hardest I got hit was from behind Julius Adams in the new England game. He hit me in the top of the head with his, with uh, his fist. He traced, he chased the play. They turned it back inside and he was fast enough to get over and hit me. In the, and then they, uh, uh it was timeout. <laughs> this is how they checked back then. Cause I heard bells. So uh, I walk off the field. And, uh, I sit on the bench and the doctor come over and he, he says, how many fingers is that? And you get three chances to get it right. And then the big question was what day was it?" because we all know on Sunday. So if you said anything other than Sunday, something was wrong.
1: <laughs> Tuesday at six o'clock. Oh my goodness. <laughs> you know, you know, Greg, uh, you know, we, I, I look at the Browns and I always tell them, uh, you know, the Cavs won the championship here. And you know, I, obviously, you know, this is a Browns town and I always imagine what it would be like to see the Cleveland Browns. You know how they got all the pomp and circumstance on Super Bowl oh, Sunday, oh, right?
4: Oh, oh. Unbelievable. I, I think about think
1: about just seeing the jerseys coming out there on the field and God for the Lord willing, if they win that game, could you t- could, I mean, what would that be like across the Browns community of so many people that 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 have have watched their loved ones go on that love the Browns and always wanted that that would just be a special day, wouldn't it?
4: Definitely. It'd be huge. It's it's unimaginable. um, How much celebrating we could do uh, if the Browns wanted off. Crazy, crazy.
0: Greg, do you keep up with the current team at all?
4: Oh yeah, what do yeah. you think about
0: Nick Chubb, and was hit, would his running style have translated to any era of football?
4: Well, you know, I think I'm third in terms of, of uh, yards from the line of scrimmage, fourth in terms of uh, uh, running the ball, rushing the ball, uh, and Chubb is going to push me down another slot, look like, in a couple of other guys <laughs> in front of me. Chubb is Chubb is special. Uh, and his biggest gift is he has great vision. He is way faster than we think he is. Mm-hmm. And he has great balance. And, and you know, Greg, to
1: kind of uh, get that a, a little bit, I always last year, I said it, I sat here and, 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 you know, my partner, Jay Crawford, he sat here and I said, now look, Nick Chubb got by 18 carries right to me. If if I if I got a Jacoby Brissett back there, and I know Nick Chubb get, got me 1,500 yards on 18 carries, I want to see him get 24 carries. I want to see him get nope. 25 carries. Do you think that sometimes that the Cleveland Browns go? They don't. They go away from what, what, what some people would consider they bread and butter.
4: Oh, I have the same frustration that you have. I'm a running back, but I concentrate on backs. And I see a lot of situations in games where there's a play that pretty much can win the game for you. And a lot of times it was running the football. Nick Chubb rushed for the yards he rushed and never got the opportunities that he should have gotten to get the yards he got. He's a quiet guy, uh, don't have a lot to say. And I think the Browns are lucky that he has that temperament because uh, if... I was in that situation. I'd be <laughs> not getting the ball a lot. You know, running backs. When you're in the game, you you have, you have to feel, feel the pulse of a defense. You have to feel the speed and quickness of a defense, and it, there's some adjustments that you make. But it's a battle between you and the defense. And you know, as the game goes on, if you're either winning that battle or you're losing that battle, and when you win it, you want the football, and. uh, I can see that in the games and the, the the Browns should see that too. We've almost lost games where if they just he get a ball to Nick Chubb. I, I remember I, I think it was a Detroit game uh, that I went to that he actually won a game and they was doing everything they could <laughs> not to give him the ball. Finally, they gave him the ball and he wanted the get it. I thought, well at least I'm not
1: crazy. At least at least somebody who'd who'd done it for a living like yourself at a very high level understands that frustration. Cause I'm like, are y'all trying not to give it to him? Is he sick? Is he tired? Did he is his kid sick at school? Did he need to leave early? Where is Nicholas Chubb at?
4: Yeah, but you see, I believe I think Nick gets upset about it, but I think he takes it out on the defense, but he do get the ball. <laughs>
0: Greg, we, we talked about this time after time again on the show here, but we, we all feel that this, this is the season that it's kind of all in for the Browns, that the pressure's here, the ingredients are there. Now it's time to go out and prove it. From yes. a player's perspective, can you guys feel not the outside pressure for media, but just the internal pressure of it's kind of a make or break year for us, and, and how do, if you can, how does that affect preparation and how you guys go about handling your business?
4: Well, I think that the Browns have the personnel and have had the personnel, but they didn't have the depth. And then they were unlucky that they got key people hurt. And because they didn't have the depth, it affected them more than it it should have if they had had the depth. So the Browns got to stay healthy. And that's, you got to be lucky enough to stay healthy because you Mm -hmm. can do all the things, be in the top shape and whatever, This game, any given play, could be your last play of the season or it could be your last play of that game for four or five weeks and all that affects the outcome of your season. Uh, I think Deshaun Watson is what they think he is. I I think he's a great quarterback. I think no matter how good you are, if you're off for two years, you're not in the competition, you have to play the games to get back the chemistry you need to get as a quarterback to be effective in the NFL. This is going to be his first year after playing last year of preparation. And we got some people behind him that I think that that, that option that they run where the back hands it to the quarterback puts it in the quarterback and then he, he pulls it out if it's not for that and runs it himself, I think it's going to be one of the better plays. The guy he's got the ball in the pocket is Nick Chubb who has great vision, too. I I, I I can't wait for the season to start.
2: Greg, are you surprised at all at how the position has been devalued across football? Oh,
4: yeah. I, I, I think you have to be smart. Uh, Cleveland Browns, again, I just alluded to how bad the weather gets here. That means that God don't want you to throw the football. So you're going to have
0: to... <laughs> That's, a, quarter
4: that's a great line. <laughs> that's a great line. Make sure we took that. Yeah. <laughs> what a line. <laughs> well, the teams that in the north have to they can't just put it all on passing. You can't throw the football. And when, when you guy like Nick Chubb, okay, we're gonna give, we're gonna take what the defense gives. us. And if that dictates sometimes running the football rather than passing the football, then that's what we should do. We should never force pass on the ball with a running back like we got.
2: But just the punishment that you guys take that that position takes and then to not be rewarded financially to the level of some of the other positions that we see, it just feels like it's just a meat grind. It's become a meat grinder spot where you just wear this guy down to the nub, throw him out and go find someone else. <laughs>
4: I, I think the, the, the league thinks that throwing the football is more exciting, and that's really what the fans want to see. Uh, and somebody is going to pay for that philosophy because all teams are not set up that way. But uh, the smart teams will have a balanced uh, offense, a good defense to give opportunities to the offense, and an offense that takes advantage, and those are the teams that are going to advance farther than the other.
0: Greg, I got two questions for you based on uh, some attire in your shot here. What's on your hat,
4: real quick?
2: <laughs> I was wondering the same thing.
4: Oh, ain't but one hat like that. It's I uh, had a lady made this for me, and it's a dog,
3: okay. and
4: it's it has dog pound on the back. Oh, That's sweet! Well okay. Far. And it has my number. And it has Pruitt. So she made it for me.
0: Okay, that that makes sense. Now now I see the dog. Yeah. I was struggling to figure oh, out. Oh no, what it I've was. seen
4: it earlier. I
1: was like, Oh, that's a like that. I see also
0: head. over your left shoulder you have the Jim Brown jersey. Obviously, Jim passed away earlier, rest in peace. Do you have yeah. a you know, you guys are both in the Browns running back fraternity. Do you have a Jim Brown story or maybe a little Jim Brown insight you could share with us today?
4: Well, I know he was very uh the green unfortunately for me and a lot of young guys the great thing about golf is age has nothing to do with it. Old guys will kick your butt. <laughs> so we played in a golf where well, the Browns had their annual uh, barbecue and golf tournament and we played and then afterwards a couple guys decided we wanted to go continue to play. So we went to Highland golf course, which is traditionally uh, people say it was Jim Brown's golf course when he played for the Browns. That was a course that was hard to beat Jim on. So, uh, we went over and we played, uh, nine holes at, uh, well, we played 18 holes at Highland. And I was neck to neck and neck with Jim going to the 18th hole. Now, Jim did not know that everybody plays on the golf course. And there's one hole that you just don't like, you just never do well. And it just beats you up for me uh, 18 was that hole. So I'm neck and neck with Jim on 18. And, uh, he hits a ball on the green and I hit a ball like two feet and I got a birdie. That was the first time I got a birdie. It was the first time I got anything other than a par or a double on it, but he didn't know that, but he was so upset that he lost on that hole that he said, we're playing tomorrow. <laughs> okay, we can Play tomorrow. So overnight, the weather changed. And it was almost, I, I would say like 25, 28 degrees. So I got up and went to the golf course and, and Ben Davis. I went to the golf course anyway, cause I didn't want him to say that I got lucky and beat him. Then I didn't show up. I, I, I was going to squash all of that. Although I was hoping we would not play cause it was just too cold. <laughs> so I go to Highland and Highland has uh they were remodeling the, the, the clubhouse. They were building. So they had a, a trailer out there, a construction trailer. And people were, and the office itself was still open. So that was one car under a, a a telephone post with a light and I pull up and it's it's freezing and I tell Ben, you think uh you think you think that's Jim's car? Well we didn't know his car because he he lived in LA and he, he rented a car when he came in. So anyway I went up and I get out and it starts the rain, it's drizzling. And I go over to the car before I could knock on the window. The window comes down. He, he has electric windows, and it's Jim. I said, Jim, hey, I came to play, man. But look like we it ain't going. He said, it'll stop. I said, what you mean it'll stop? He said, we going I said, we gonna. He said, yeah, we gonna play. So I said, mm, okay. So I go back over to Ben and I tell Ben, he wants to play. I said, he said, all right, okay. So Ben he, uh, Jim gets out. Of his car, when he gets out of his car, he got jeans on, no socks, (laughs) a a sweatshirt on, short sleeve, and he gets out of his car, takes his regular shoes off, puts his golf shoes on, still don't put socks on, and he puts a windbreaker, (laughs) a windbreaker over his sweatshirt. I got Gore-Tex, and I'm freezing. (laughs) So we go out and we play, and man, I'm telling you, it's just miserable. This is like a test of wheels. I guess I golf out. That was the last thing I was thinking about. So after nine holes, we got back, you know, you got to cross. And so Jim said, I don't know about you guys, but I had enough. <laughs> I said, what? He said, I had enough. I say, is that a forfeit? He said, call it what you want. I said, okay. And he didn't know I was going I was going to quit before he said that. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, he's very competitive, and that's he's a good true. golfer. He really is a good golfer. I I, uh, I tell kids all the time, you when, when you're real, real young, you don't know what's in your future. You try to do the right things, uh, make the right decisions, uh, and things work out for you. And, and know the person that's giving you advice, loves you, and gives you the best advice they can give you. When I was about 10, 11, 11, or 12, something like that, uh, we used to watch the games on TV and I remember watching the Browns play the Giants Sometimes I see a highlight they show it on TV and Jim Brown runs a sweep to the right on the on the Giants instead of running out of bounds he plants his foot right at the sideline and he drops his shoulder and he uh, runs over the guy that was trying to hit him and he runs for like 40 yards for a touchdown so when this game is over everybody, is all fired up, want to be uh, Jim Brown. And so we go out to play football. So it was so many of us, we decided to pull straws to see who was going to be Jim Brown. And uh, one of my friends named Charles Law, uh, he got the uh, he got the chance to be Jim Brown and we go out to play and we play tackle. And he runs a, a sweep and you can see, he could turn the corner and have a touchdown. He slows down and he's trying to reenact what he saw on TV and uh he drops his shoulder three of us hit him we break we broke both of his uh legs and his arm <laughs> and, uh, so, <laughs> so he come back so he left for a long he left for a long time all these years later i'm playing jim and i tell him the story i said at first i asked him i kind of said well, i said jim how it feels everybody you know where you go everybody know you everybody love you Everybody always, you can't, there's no prowess. I said, how you like that? He said, well, sometimes it's okay, sometimes it's not. I said, well, I got some bad news for you. He said, what? I said, well, I know a guy, a uh, friend of mine named Charles Law, he lives to this day, and I told him that story about how it happened. And Jim looked at me and, and he said, you know what? That proves, that proves a point, don't agree. I said, what? I said, what does it prove? He says, only one Jim Brown. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. <laughs>
0: well, Greg, we appreciate you taking some time to join us on the Ultimate Cleveland Sports <laughs> Show today. Those are the kind of stories we can't get That's right. anywhere else but from a brown side you. of yourself. Greg, best of luck. Yeah. Stay healthy, and we appreciate All right, you spending some time with us. Thank you, Greg. All right, thank you. Till oh, next bye. time. Awesome. (laughs) That was the great Greg Pruitt with a -a one-of-a-kind Jim Brown story. That's crazy. As much fun it is to impersonate some people, like he said, there is one Jim Brown. There's one Jim Brown. And you can get hurt playing tackle football regardless if it's an NFL field. (laughs) If it's with your buddies, it don't matter. Yep. Uh, Getting tackled hurts. Uh, Speaking of things that hurt,
3: oh, Jason. Well, before we get to things that hurt, I want to remind people of the good things. Yes. You can see your favorite golf legends play in the College Companies Championship July 12th through July 16th at the famous Firestone Country <laughs> Club. Fun, family-friendly events all week long featuring a new fan zone experience, free attendance for kids, and concerts every single night. There's something for everyone. Learn more at collegegolf.com. So
0: earlier, or I guess last month now, we went out, we mic'd up Adam the Bull for a Little League baseball game. He coached his team, and they lost 7-5 to five in the Little League game we were out there for. But we knew they were going to lose because heading in, or they would know they were going to lose. But Bulls team was three and nine entering that game. The expectations were not, not to win. Well, then Jason was like, "Well, you got to come out and shoot one of our games." So of course I'm like, "All right, Jason, let's go out, pitch pick a game. Let's uh, let's have some fun."
2: So you're the problem. It it's might you. Be the
0: problem. I might be the problem. <laughs> I'm going to get Jay next. But uh, last week I went out, mic'd up Coach Jason Lloyd. You know Jason as the NBA insider extraordinaire, but you don't know Jason like this. Play it, Mike.
2: Please tell me you got that. <laughs> Dodgers on three.
0: One, two, three, Dodgers! All right,
2: guys, let's have fun. Put your butt down, let your butt hit first. It's the most meat you got. Hands back, explode through the ball. Go, 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 go. Okay. Yay! Good, Good shot, buddy. Oh, dead, 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 Good All pitcher. right, Tommy, let's go. We'll Keep go it going. Keep one. it going. Oh, complete the throw all the way through, okay? There you go. There it, is. there it is. All right, guys. Hey, good pick at third. Good pick. Be aggressive. Swing at strikes. Job, Tommy. I just hit on the bucket the whole time. That's good it. Hit. I got coaches doing
1: it. Told you to lose. Great. Up, 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 up. Good job, guys. Good job. Somebody get a birth certificate on that kid on second. Get us out of it, right? (laughs) Just hit the mid. Go, go, go,
2: go. Go, go. Go, go. Go, go. Let
1: it feel the mouth, pitcher? Good job, guys.
2: Good job. Let's go. Hustle in, hustle in, hustle in, hustle in. How many hits you owe me to make? Two. Now would be a great time for one. We come up this inning, I'll take one right here. Good rip, good rip. A little quicker, buddy, a little quicker. One big hit. There it is. 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 That's what we need base is clear and so That's what we needed.
1: Tyler, what Tyler Jones!
2: Good shot, Tyler. Good rip. Good rip. Wyatt, be ready for a play at the plate.
1: Great place, yeah. uh, great place. trying bad. to kill me. Run back, run back. Oh, oh,
2: oh, oh, hey! Yeah.
1: AJ, where to pick it.
0: <laughs> <sighs>
2: yeah, we were up 10-7 going to the last inning. Mike's like, I'm out of here. I'm like, yeah, we got this on wrap. Gave up four in the last <laughs> <inning>. <laughs> Lost eleven to ten. It's only hey. our second loss of the year. Hey, man. That
1: was an impressive. He turned the double play by himself and a good scoop at first. Sebastian's a really good little player. Uh, yeah. I like that. Yeah, I, I like position. that action. By the way, there's nothing more nostalgic. Like, you know, I love football, but bro, I, when you see people doing that, like going down and playing baseball, like I, I get emotional.
0: It I tell anyone, I I'm with, if I'm just walking around, and I hear a basketball. It like I I can hear a basketball from 10 miles away. And I'm like, oh, someone's playing basketball. Yeah, and it makes me it like hurts me to walk past just like parks on a nice day and just yeah. see empty courts. Yeah, yeah that hurts too. And if anyone's too. playing, I'll stop and watch. I don't care if it's two four-year-olds playing. Like, <laughs> I, I cannot walk past the basketball court with a game going on and That's not stop funny. and watch. And to your point, G, like going out there, I played baseball for two years in high school. I wasn't any good or anything. But to see kids having fun playing on a nice night, yeah. it was hot. Like It, it was hot, it was hot. On, uh, on I was sweating Friday. like a fat
2: kid out there. Yeah, I got
0: a couple of shots of you from the, from the side. <laughs> I, some sweat. I, I, I selectively Damn. edited those out. But like it. It's cool to see little kids having fun and- Parents this, out there. Like, parents out there. And I want to put uh, Mr. Menino in there. I, yeah. I couldn't weave it in because he did like an interview with him. I can send you that clip, but I'll say this. We've done Bull, we've done Jason. Two completely different coaching styles. I'm not saying one's better or yeah. worse than the other, but Bull, every play, life or death. And Jason just sits on the bucket. <laughs> Right? Jason just sits <laughs> on the bucket. But th-
1: but there, that like you don't know like there's there's people like when I was playing there's people who had coaching styles like that and you memorize them and like everybody played like teams. I played for the Royals in our division. We had the Brewers, the Yankees, the A's, the Red Sox. Right, that was our side of the town. Then we played other side of the towns, but there was always different coaching staffs, and you knew all the coaching staffs because like his personality was like okay if you play in the Brewers. All of them is sitting back, and the, you knew the Brewers' coaches because they would always be getting hammered after the game. Like they would sit there after the game, after the game's over, hammered. Right? The Yankees would be mad. Right? The Yankees be upset. They'd be like somewhere in the tower, like, "Oh my gosh, I can't!" But they'd be yelling at each other. Royals was dysfunctional as hell. Like we just had a bunch of, but I, like those days are, are more passionate to me than high school days. Like high school baseball was fun. I played all the way through from the time I was six all the way till I was 19. So it's like, but but it's nothing like them summer days. You smell the concession stand and kids is running around. It's hazy outside. So it, you remember those days, man, especially if your son is playing. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah that was AJ. that hit it. To yeah. the fence. that was my yeah, that's um, the birth certificate. That's he the birth certificate it. kid. Yeah. Sm- yeah, yeah. I'm
1: confused. He's already bigger than him. Like, he's taller than you, like His dude. feet are bigger than mine, he, his hands are bigger than he mine. He's got a mustache. His voice is deeper than mine. Up,
2: he dude? does have
0: a mustache. It's, it's for it's, real, facts. It's crazy.
2: Yeah. But yeah, we got so many kids that, like, are so emotional, and they live on life and death, so I try and be, like, the calm, calm everyone down. Yeah. That's why I said, I joked with you guys, that's why I like Kevin Stefanski so much. That's why we get along. <laughs> I'm just calm on the sidelines, never scream, never yell, <laughs> just keep everything under control. We had to pull the whole infield in after you left. They had bases clearing triple 10, 10 game. Like guys, it's okay. It's all right, pull the infield in. We got the out at the plate and then the other team won anyway.
0: So. I will say great group of kids. They're awesome. You told them before the game, hey, pretend the camera's not there. Yep. I was invisible. Yep. The other coach recognized, or not recognized, the other coach was asking me to move and try to be on camera. Not try to be on camera, but you know what I'm saying? Like played around the camera yeah. more than any of the kids. And uh, obviously I wish they had won, but yeah. Great group of kids to be around and, and I clearly listen and respond to you very well.
2: So. I didn't fall asleep until after 3 a.m. Friday night. I was so devastated <laughs> over that loss. Like, I, it's wreck, whatever. What? But, I, like, when we lose, I feel like I let
1: them down. Yeah, and it's yeah. oh, just. Man, look, you look, that that's life and death at that moment. Like, that's the cool thing about it. I, I would love for every coach to feel like that because yeah. then you know it, it means something. You got something in it. Yeah.
0: Best, uh, best part that you guys didn't see on camera for this. And, Anthony, I'll let you go real quick. Game start at 6 o'clock. Yeah. NBA free agency start at 6 o'clock. <laughs> like, exactly the same time. So, yep. my phone's blowing up, and I have Jason mic'd up, so I'm, like, on the other side of the field. And I see Jason's like, someone's got to take my phone. Oh, crap, it's for – he's – he got that. <laughs> Good pitch. <laughs> he-, he got he that. Got- and, it- and-, and eventually, you have to put your phone – I the- took
2: my phone and watch off, and I gave it to my oldest son. Yeah. Up. I'm like, just take this. I, I can't – I can't do two things at once
0: seeing Jay and you know it was that's what everyone signs and somehow they all agree to contracts in 12 seconds right right uh, that was a funny part that I I didn't want to weave in to take away from the kids but that was very funny Anthony you got one
3: more thing before we got to wrap I just want to remind everybody that there's no show tomorrow no show tomorrow we are doing overtime we are doing overtime we're going to finish up some fewer questions and man I'm bummed watching these packages because I played little league for one year and I had a terrible coach. And under Bull or Jason, I think I would have played more. So. Good coaches make a total difference. We will see you on overtime. And Jason, uh,
0: Jay is getting mic'd up next sometime soon. Peace.
1: Oh, by the way, well, yeah, the I, I I didn't even know we had no show tomorrow. I'm glad you told yeah, no, me that. No, no, I've so been here looking around.